Let me introduce myself, let me introduce myself Exploring space right here, positivity giving you vibes right here You need a run down, run, I'ma give you facts You live a calm and down, I'ma holler back I'm so zealous, so, so zealous It's Papushka, baby Hello everybody, how's everybody doing? Are you all safe? Are you all sanitizing? Are you all minding your own business? Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Explore with Papushka. I'm your host, Papushka Baby, and this is where the cookie gets crumbling. So, on this special episode of Explore with Papushka, I have no guest. <clears throat> My voice is kind of hoarse, I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a flu, nor a cough. But my voice just sounds hoarse. You'll bear with me. So, a few days ago, I put out uh, an anonymous survey on my Instagram. And if you're not following me on Instagram, my Instagram is papushka underscore alando. Papushka, P-A-P-U-S-H-K-A underscore A-L-A-N-D-O. It's a private account. Don't be shocked. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, I put out a survey on my Spotify on my Instagram and on my WhatsApp for you all to just ask me questions so that in the next few episodes, I answer your questions. So on today's episode, I'm going to answer some of your questions. I got a total of around 24 responses that I'm just going to sum up and, you know, uh, some are, there, there are a lot of themes. Actually, I'm so impressed at some of the themes that you tackled because the questions are very diverse. Like there are questions around performance anxiety, loss of appetite for sex, religion and sexuality, um, grinder <laughs> and dating apps, and you know, all that. So we're gonna tackle all that in, in this episode. Some of them were really deep though. Not though, some of them were really deep, period. And um yeah, I'm just glad that most of you felt, you know, comfortable and felt safe to share your personal issues with me. However, I feel the need to address this though before I answer your questions. I am in no way a licensed therapist. So this is just a disclaimer. I'm not a licensed therapist. Uh, I'm just a, you know, a guy with a sex podcast who is, has interest in sex and um, is empowered about sexual reproductive health and sexual rights. And what I say does not necessarily um, count as a doctor's recommendation. I would still recommend some of you to go to the doctor. I'll recommend some of you to go for therapy. And yeah, so the advice I give and the responses I give are just my opinion from my research and uh, my own personal experiences. Now that that is out of question, let us dig in, shall we? So, um, ooh, some of them are really deep. I don't want to start that deep. Uh, so let's get crumbling. <clears throat> so the first one that we have, is this i judge myself a lot when it comes to masturbation i feel like once i do it i get addicted and can masturbate twice or thrice a day but i feel shy about it been abstaining for months but i also don't want to have hookups because it drains me even more what would you advise me to do i'm sexual but i only want to be sexual with someone i want i can trust but it's hard to find that person. But I get horny too. <laughs> wow, interesting. 
I'll read that again. I judge myself a lot when it comes to masturbation. I feel like once I do it, I get addicted and can masturbate twice or thrice a day. But I feel shitty about it. Been abstaining for months, but I also don't want to have hookups because it drains me even more. What would you advise me to do? I am sexual, but I only want to be sexual with someone I can trust. But it's hard to find that person. But I get horny too. So from this question, I'm getting uh, different things. One thing I'm getting is the guilt, the masturbation guilt. That is, of course, you know, uh, something a lot of people go through. Um, there's also the issue of abstinence. And I'm seeing also an issue of sexual partner, finding a sexual partner. Because hookups drain you. I mean, um, I've done several episodes on masturbation. And my opinion still hasn't changed from, you know, uh, the first and second episode. Uh, however, we, we need to also understand why do you feel guilty after masturbating? Um, is it driven from your religious belief on what masturbation is, you know, a sin and all that? Is it driven from your personal feelings? There's a feeling of filthiness, a feeling of dirtiness, a feeling of... Um, so the, the first thing I want us to dive into is for you to call yourself in a meeting and understand why do you feel guilty after masturbation? Like we need to, you need to get to the bottom line of what, what exactly is your issue with masturbating. Now, I totally understand where you talk about hookups being draining and, uh, you're very sexual, but you only want to be sexual with someone you trust. Um, I would also like figure out, try, I'm trying also to figure out from your question, like what leads you to masturbate? Because you don't just masturbate because you get horny, because you get horny a lot. As, I'm assuming you're a man. I don't know why I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you're male, sorry. Um, but uh, that assumption aside, there's nothing on this question that gives me male vibes. So let, let's just uh, assume you're a human being. So my first thing is for you to get to figure out why there is that guilt. The guilt is obvious, of course, and it comes from different places. It comes from our own perception of masturbation. It comes from our own perception of sex, our own interpretation of that. So I think, oh, not my, excuse me, not my equipment falling down. Anyway, as I was saying, so it, that aside, the next thing you talked about is You've been abstaining for months, but you also want to, you don't want to have hookups, which is totally okay. It's totally fine not to want hookups because they drain you. That's absolutely okay. And you should not feel guilty not hooking up with people or not having sex. That should not guilt trip you at all. What advice would you give me? I am sexual, but I want to be sexual with someone I can trust, but I decide to find that person, but I get horny too. Um, I think, first of all, you can work on when you talk about you've abstained do you mean you've also abstained from masturbating or just abstained from sex and have you abstained from penetrative sex or just sex because sometimes people get that intertwined like you're hooking up with people but not having penetrative sex but you're doing everything other than penetration with the assumption that you have abstained from just sex but you're still masturbating and you also want you get horny and you want to find a person my first question would be what are you doing to find this person could it be you're looking in the wrong places? Could it be you're looking for the person on dating apps and it's not working out? Are you still hung up on an ex? 
Uh, I mean, people are shitty. I mean, that that's given. People are shitty. But you can't say there are no good people out there to date. You know, the people are there and people want to be loved and to love and all that. So I would personally suggest that you figure out where the guilt is coming from, as I've talked about before, and you completely abstain from both masturbation and um, penetrative sex as you figure out what exactly you want from a partner and how you're going to get that partner and, and what's the best way to navigate that. Oh my God, my, my equipment is just falling down, my goodness. And um, in the long run, I, I think, personally, I don't think masturbation is wrong. Uh, I'm not coming from a religious point of view or a paganistic point of view, if that makes sense. Uh, a taste. Is taste a, yes, a taste, not an atheist point of view. But in my personal opinion, I don't think masturbation is wrong. I think masturbation should be observed, though, and controlled because it may lead to addiction. It may become your coping mechanism. And, you know, all these are there. So it's good to regulate your masturbation. But then again, it's also good for you to figure out why you feel guilt. I think the only problem here is your guilt. And find a partner idea. Uh, partners are all over. You're not trying hard enough. You're not out there. Maybe you're not exposing yourself to the right people. Um, you're not matching with the right people. Have you tried dating apps? I mean, there are so many avenues of getting a partner. Uh, but I would suggest abstaining and occasionally masturbating without the guilt. If I've not answered you, you you know my DMs. <laughs> you can come back and, you know, rephrase your question. Next. <clears throat> hey, handsome. Ooh, okay. All right. I'll take that. Hey, handsome. Uh, so I've never had penetrative sex. I've never penetrated someone. And no one has ever penetrated me. I'd really like to try. But I'm low-key scared and waiting for the right person. Because I don't want my first to be work. Advice. Uh, also, again, gender is not <laughs> revealed here from your your question. But I'll read it again. Hey, handsome. Ooh. So I've never I've, I've never had penetrative sex. I've never penetrated someone. And no one has ever penetrated me. I'd really like to try. But I'm looking scared and waiting for the right person. Because I don't want my first to be work. Advice. Okay. Um... First of all, assuming you're male, I would, before having your penetrative sex, it's really important for you to self-explore. And there's an episode I have, it's called Unfuck Yourself. And in that episode, I talk about you figuring out what you want sexually. What are your sexual needs and desires? And from this statement, I'm assuming you're a queer person, either male or female. And if you are, then... Let's start assuming you're a man. It's important, not even assuming you're a man, regardless of what you are, it's just important for you to understand what you like. Because you see, if you're going to have your first penetrative sex, it's important for you to be able to communicate to your partner what you actually want and how you want it, whether you're penetrating or being penetrated. Now, the second thing is I would, I would expect you to do research. How should you prepare for penetrative sex as a doer or a we? You know, what... Let's start with the do we because it has more work than a doer. As a do we, if you're going to have anal sex, you also have to research how do you prepare for anal sex in terms of meal prep, in terms of cleaning up the anus before sex, in terms of commodities that are required before sex. Do you have the right one? Which ones do you, you know, 
would work for you because some people react to different types of condoms. Some people react to even lube, different types of lube. There's silicone-based lube. There's water-based lube, oil-based lube. So people react to different. And some people like just Vaseline. Why am I promoting Vaseline? Some people just like petroleum jelly. So I would recommend you to explore your body to that end. Explore your anus if you're into anal sex. Explore your vagina if you're into vagina, va vaginal sex. Explore your clitoris. If you have a clitoris, explore your boobs. If you have boobs, explore your dick, explore your balls. So that once you find this partner, you're able to wholesomely curate a good first experience for you. I would also advise you not to be in a hurry to have your first penetrative sex. You have to really be attracted to this person beyond you know, beyond the physical, you have to like this person, you have to be emotionally attracted to this person, you have to be physically attracted, you just have to like the person with penetrative sex. With either as a doer or a doer, the interest is very important. So for you to have a good first experience, do your research on how to prepare for penetrative sex, look for the person you want to have penetrative sex with. I personally would advise you to also communicate that you are fresher so that they they understand. You know, sometimes when people don't know you're new, they would not know how to handle you. Because as a fresher, your first experience is very different. Someone, if you're being penetrated, someone will, will not just come and dive in, you know. There's so much patience that is required. There's so much, uh, you know. And this is just my personal opinion. I personally don't do pressure, freshers because my sex is very vigorous and very, you know, all that. And for me, I think freshers need a lot of patience and a lot of care and a lot of, you know, teaching, which I don't do in the bedroom. So that's my personal preference. So ideally, if you were to hook up with me, then that would be a bad experience because I don't do freshers. So that's why I think it's important for you to put it clear to the person you're intending to hook up with that, you know what, this is my first and, you know, lead me. Um, that aside, what else did you ask? Uh, you, you're, you're scared. Scare is normal. Fear is normal when you're going to have penetrative sex. Um, there are a lot of stereotypes, you know, big dick is painful, or fingers are this, fingers are that. But what I can say is with penetrative sex, if you prepare well in terms of hygiene and douching, if it's anal, and you like the person, and the person understands that you are a fresher, in penetrative sex and you also understand what turns you on all these things combined creates a very good sexual experience whether you're a fresher or not so ideally um this would be so wholesome for you if all these factors are put into place i wish you a lot of um luck with your first sex uh, if, if you have my instagram i don't know whether it came from because you know i can't tell you whether it's from spotify or because it's all in an Excel sheet or whatever. So anyway, um, good luck and thank you for thank you for your question. The next question: I'm on ADHD medication. On one hand, I really need them for my work because I work from home. But then one of the side effects is loss of my sex drive or erectile dysfunction. I'm kind of seeing this person who has a high sex drive. And my lack of sex drive is a hindrance to our sex life. I feel like I'm letting them down. Ooh. Ah, okay. I'll read it again. I'm on ADHD medication. 
On one hand, I really need them for my work because I work from home. But then on one side, one of the side effects is loss of sexual drive and or erectile dysfunction. I'm kind of seeing this person who has a high sex drive and my lack of sex drive is a hindrance to our sex life. Oh, there's so much alliteration there. I feel like I'm letting them down. I mean, there's so much to sex than penetration. And I think we need... Penetration is part of the buffet, but it's not the whole meal. You know, uh, the buffet has a... It's a six-course meal. You know, there's a cheese course. There's a... Okay, not me bringing my hospitality here. But ideally, what I'm trying to say is that there's so much more to sex than penetration. So my first advice for you is... If your ADHD medication is causing erectile dysfunction, then would you be open to exploring non-penetrative sex with your partner so much that you still satisfy their sexual needs and sexual desires without necessarily feeling the pressure to be erect and the pressure to penetrate them? So it's also important, I would say, to communicate this to them so that, you know, sometimes people overthink and someone can be there sitting thinking, you know what, they don't like me, they don't get hurt because they don't want to have sex with me. You know, they can also overthink. So I think it's important to have this conversation with your partner and together you can explore alternative ways of satisfying each other. Now, uh, the sex drive compatibility is also another issue I'm seeing from this whatever message. Because I think sometimes it's really important to have a balance on sexual drive. If one partner needs more sex than the other, then on more instance, you'll feel pressure to be fulfilling the high sex drive. If they want more sex or longer sex or more energetic sex, you feel like you have to sustain and fulfill that and be on that level. I think it's important for you to talk about this so that you understand your both your sexual needs and understand how you can align and fulfill each other sexually, penetration not involved. My other option would be, not option per se, but my other suggestion would be also having a conversation with whoever prescribed the ADHD medication and letting them know how it's affecting your sexual life and if they could have any um, other alternative medication that does not cause erectile dysfunction or if they would also suggest or prescribe something that would undo that side effect of the ADHD medication. So those are the two things I would advise. And um, yeah, I hope you all have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful relationship and I hope all goes well. Oh, the next one is a bit deep. Ooh, I need to breathe for this one. I actually cried when I read this one because it just felt so... It sounded so emotional and deep. A moment of silence. For... Hi, Papushka. I've been listening to your podcast for quite some time now. Uh, mine is quite sad, I would say. I recently lost my partner on a road accident. Um, 28, not married. They were just my partner. And... Um, it's been two years now and I honestly cannot move on. I've tried hooking up and my sex drive is at zero. And ooh. <laughs> ooh. I don't know why it's getting to me. I don't know why it's getting to me. I don't know why it's getting to me, but um... okay, let's go back. 
So my sex drive is zero and I think it's important for me to move on. What do you reckon? Ooh. Ah, wow. Wow. Trigger alert. Um, you said your partner passed on two years ago and it's been very difficult for you to move on in terms of relationship and um, sex in itself. You've tried to hook up and it's not really working out for you. I think this is more about loss and grief than it is about sex and relationship. And, you know, people grieve in different ways and people grieve for different periods of time. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it really does take a while. And I'm assuming your partner was very sentimental to you for you to, two years down the line, not move on sexually. Um, I think before we talk about sex and relationship and hooking up and, you know, finding another partner, it's important for us to talk about grieving and how you grieved and how you let go and how you move on. And this is not only just with partners lost due to death. This is also to partners lost due to um, breakups and all that. Sometimes you don't let go. Sometimes you still hold on. Sometimes we have to go through some processes before we move on to another partner. And I don't know how best you'll grieve. Some people go for therapy. Some people attend, you know, grief sessions, uh, grief group therapy sessions. Some people just talk it out. Some people just wash the memory away or store the memory away how they can. Some people meditate. Some people do yoga. And I think you should start your grieving process and your healing process so that you completely let go psychologically, emotionally, and even physically of your partner and once you've dealt with the grief it will be easy for you to navigate sex and relationship with a new mindset and from a new different perspective and in a different realm so i don't know you can contact me on my dms i can recommend a couple of therapists that can help grief therapists grief counselors and um, i can also recommend some very good meditation camps depending on where you are um yeah um uh, this was touching for me this was very emotional for me and um i'm sending hugs and um support but uh my, my advice would be for you to grieve and heal and then start a new chapter of dating again once you fully let go of your partner oh wow okay that was very oh no the next one is also oh god okay this next one is also kind of deep hello papushka i've recently been attending therapy and um, it dawned on me that i may have some pedophilic behavior Okay. In mm, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so um, this is my therapy. Sorry, my therapy therapist tells me this stems from 
me being assaulted uh, by my dad. Okay. Ooh, okay. Interesting. So I'm, I'm trying this thing where I'm blind reacting to some of these things. So there are those that I saw before, but then I just decided that I'm not going to read the the whatever how do you call them the questions and all that so that i blind react to them when i'm doing the podcast so that's why i'm kind of <laughs> taken aback by some of them anyway so i was kind of molest- i was molested and sexually assaulted by my dad for several years growing up and i kind of feel sexually attracted to younger females i have never acted on this ever I don't think I sexually like children, but my desire for younger ladies makes me fear that I may be attracted to girls in their teens. Help! With four E's. <sighs> okay. Ooh, okay. Y'all are deep. Y'all are very deep. A lot of this, this is a package, my my dear. This is a whole package. Uh, I don't know again if you're male or female, but um, you're sexually assaulted by your dad. And from what I'm getting, you have never had any experience with an underage or a minor. From what I'm understanding, you uh, you just have a fear that you may be attracted to younger people and that and and you didn't define how young here but from my understanding you also claim that you feel that this attraction towards younger females may grow into you being attracted to females in their teens and if you acted on that then that would be a crime which would be pedophilia My first take on this is I think you are not ready to have this conversation with your therapist on the sexual assault. Another thing I'd also want to find out is if you've never been attracted to children and you've never acted on it, what 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 makes you think that you could be pedophilic? What is this thought that is provoking the idea of entertaining pedophilic behaviors it could be that you're not actually even attracted to you know children you didn't even say you're attracted to children but i think there's just so much going on in your mind due to the trauma caused by you being sexually assaulted by your dad that is leading you to feeling like you may be a perpetrator and that is a common reaction to victims that is a very common reaction to victims you know victims of rape victims of pedophilia, victims of sodomy, victims of whatever thing that happens to you. I'm really, really happy that you've started your journey of therapy and all that. But I would advise you to be very, very open with your therapist about whatever questions they ask you. Because for them to be able to guide you, you must be able to be very open with them. I don't know if you've told your therapist about your sexual assault um, with your dad, but I think you should also self-explore all these experiences of the past so that you're able to communicate them to your therapist so that they are able to now discuss it with you at length. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really glad that you have identified that this could be a potential 
issue for you. I'm really, really glad that you've started therapy sessions. But I would also expect that the sessions help you realize the source of this thought and realize why exactly you feel that you may be a perpetrator in a pedophilic uh, situation. Um, I would really love to have a follow-up on this, actually. I would really, really love to have a follow-up on this. So, yeah, feel free to anonymously follow up. The link will always be open for anonymous questions, suggestions, and comments. And um, I hope your journey with your therapist helps you to realize and actual and heal. I, I know it's really, really, I, I've been to therapy several myself, and I know how hard sometimes it is to confront these pasts. Some of them could be triggering. Some of them could be, you know, emotionally distorting. But yeah, that, that the, the therapy session should help. And if you feel your therapist is not really um, creating progress and growth for you, feel free to change. Because therapists are not God. Sometimes there are compatibility issues with our therapists and we feel, you know, they're not really addressing our issues we feel there's no growth and that's totally okay it's not that the therapist is bad it's just that you feel that the mode they're using to address your issues is not helping and that's okay so if you feel you'd like to change therapies feel free to reach out i will give a couple of recommendations and uh, i hope your sessions lead to healing i hope your sessions help you identify the source of these thoughts that you may have and uh, yeah thank you for sharing okay moving on swiftly this would be the last one for this uh episode and then the rest will be on the next episode okay shall we see what you have next oh those two are deep those two are very deep okay let's go oh this is in swahili so i'll read it in swahili it's a mixture of swahili and english Probably they're Kenyan, I'm assuming. So I'll read it as it is, and then I'll translate it for our international listeners. Vipim say, Mini swimming instructor Mahali, I'm just having concerns about my dick size. I'm well built, Nanina physique poor. I'm a grower. So my dick size is pretty good, Nikimbao. When I'm not hard, it shrinks Vibaya San. Being an instructor and being in a swimming costume, I feel so insecure. Jusina hata baljum say, and the cold water makes it even worse. I hear clients making comments sometimes, and I even try to wear shorts kubwa kubwa. His story in Anibag sana, because I feel like now I have to prove people wrong, most times by either fucking their friends or them. I'm just tired of being insecure. Kuna time I tried putting a roll-on bottle. Eh? Kuna time I tried putting a roll-on bottle in my boxers. Ndiyo hata kukue na kakitu, lakini it's just too uncomfortable working na rolon kwa mdeki. <laughs> Sorry. The worst part ni most chicks get scared of my dick during sex atini kubwa. So it's a lose-lose situation for me. Ooh, that was a lot. Okay, for my international listeners, this is a swimming instructor and they're a grower. Basically, a grower is someone whose dick um, when flaccid, or whose dick when flaccid and dick when hard has a huge difference. So their flaccid dick could, their, the difference could be even times three, times four. 
So you find like your flaccid dick is like, I don't know, one centimeter, two centimeters. And when it's hard, it's like 15, 16, 18, 20, 25. A shower is the opposite of a grower. A shower is someone whose flaccid dick is slightly or closer to their hard dick. There's no major significance. It could be times one, times two, times 1.5 or whatever. So when I mean, when I say times, it's like flaccid dick times 1.5 becomes hard dick. So they're saying as a swimming instructor, they are a grower. They have no, their hard dick is pretty okay. Bigger than normal from what he understands or from what he gets from the girls that he tries to fuck. But when it's flaccid, it's small and it doesn't have a bulge. And being a swimming instructor, like you're there in your boxers, people want to see something. Human beings are very sexual. So he just feels insecure that people can't see his dick and he has no small dick. And people think he has a small dick because it's not there. They can't see it. And he's a swimming instructor, so he's frustrated. And he wants help. He doesn't know what to do. He even says that sometime, there's a time he took a roll-on bottle, these, you know, roll-ons that you put on your armpits and whatever for smell, and put the bottle in the dick so that at least it's shaped in form of a dick, so that people see that he has a dick and it's big. Ooh. Uh, that was a lot. I mean, this this is so much home. I'm a grower myself, and um, I can relate. I, I can totally relate. Um, grower struggles. Hello. If you're a grower, shout out to the growers out there. And um, where should I start? I think this is just, you know, the society is very judgmental, I would say. And this is very personal as well because I can relate to this person as a grower myself. I, you know, I, I, and I swim a lot as well. I love the beach. And, you know, there's that insecurity sometimes when you put on your short and there's just like a small dot there and people can't really see your dick. And then when you go to the swimming pool, people have nice bulges. And you go to the gym and people are wearing their tights and, you know, there's a beautiful, oh, excuse me, pardon my French. And there's just a, you know, there's a dick print there and people are wearing their sweatpants and things are swinging left, right and center. And I, I get it. I, I totally get it. But I think you have given this insecurity so much power that is forcing you to do things that you don't want to do. Like he even said that he's forced to fuck a lot of people that he doesn't even like so that they go and spread the news to their friends that he actually has a big dick. Ooh. Imagine whoring just so that you prove a point. I think this is just an insecurity of yours that you have to deal with. And I get it. I totally, 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 absolutely get the struggle. I mean, in my case, I, I was embarrassed to even bathe in high school because once cold water hits the dick, it's just a fucking small dot. And, you know, everyone there is hanging their machines and I'm like, oh, why isn't yours shrinking? Like, why is it that big? And people's, people's things are hanging on their on their knees and their toes and you, you're there. So I get it. I really, 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 really get it. But I feel it's just up to you. I don't think this is a people problem. I think this is a you problem. Because you have given this so much power that is controlling and affecting how you think. And you as a person have to deal with your insecurity about your flaccid dick. If your hard dick is okay, then you're sorted. The only problem now is you feel 
people think you have a small dick and then when you try to fuck them it's actually too big and they can't handle it and then you lose people who think you have a small dick and they want a big dick and you lose people who actually want the small dick but you have a big dick i get that frustration is too i really 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 can relate but um you're giving them too much power i think you're giving them too much power and you're letting it affect you it's an insecurity that you have and you have to deal with it yourself i don't think it's necessary for you to fuck people for you to prove you have a big dick i don't think it's necessary for you to put a roll-on on your boxer so that people see you have a dick fuck them they came to swim what do they want your dick for let them come and fucking swim if they want your dick let them talk to you and say i like you can we have sex can we fuck so i think you just have to accept things as they are and you know, rock your, rock your fucking dick. So just, just embrace your dick. Stop giving them power. Stop letting them control the narrative. It's your fucking dick, and you shouldn't be ashamed. You shouldn't feel like you need to prove that your dick is big. No. Own your dick. I mean, I can't say anything more. Just own your dick. Period. And that's on per. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm saying wow because the next one is exactly the opposite. Hello. I'm a huge fan. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to, you know, read it before I read it. Anyways, anyway, I just want to read it the way it is, as plain as it is. Hello. I'm a huge fan. I am a gay man from Kenya and I express myself as female. I am not trans. I just express myself in an unbinary way. The only problem is I have a big dick. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm laughing because this is the exact opposite of, of what you had before. So the only problem is I have a big dick and it takes away from the illusion that I'm trying to create because people see me as a man. I don't want to be seen as a man. Why am I reading so much emotion? So I feel like I have to tuck my dick in between my thighs and sometimes it slips out and it shows. And, you know, I, I dress female sometimes and I dress in a very unique way. But my dick keeps on showing and it's affecting me. I know you can't tell me to do anything about it, but I just, I'm just saying. Wow. 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 Okay. Wow. That was a quick turn. That is a, a, a big 360. Oh, I think this is an instance of body di is is it called diphoria? Guys, my, my you know my Luo is popping in. Body dive. I think I was right, it's diphoria. Let's see. A mental illness involved ob involving obsessive focus on a perspective flaw in appearance. The flaw may be minor or imagined, but the person may spend hours a day trying to fix it. The person, yeah, yeah, I was right. So this for me is an issue of body dysphoria where what you perceive yourself to be is not what people perceive you to be. And there's this huge humongous dick that is hanging in your legs that is, ex is stopping you from being seen by the world the way you want to be seen, you know? There are, you also mentioned that you're not trans, you don't identify as trans, you're just non-binary, but you also don't want to be seen as a man. From what I'm getting, you don't want to be identified 
or related to a man because you dress in a very non-binary way. So if you're dressed, for example, in a female way and people see a dick there, it may even create, um, make you a target of violence or whatever. You didn't say that. I'm just trying to visualize all this. Um, you tuck your dick in between your legs, you've said, and um, sometimes it slips out and then it's there. It's exactly the opposite of the swimming instructor. <laughs> anyway, I mean, if 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 you want to identify as a non-binary and you're male, clearly from from your post, I think you just have to find comfort with your dick. This is just a, an issue where how you want to be perceived is not the way. Like what you perceive yourself to be is not the way the world is perceiving you and you feel like the dick is responsible for people not seeing you as the non-binary folk that you are. And it makes absolute sense. But I feel you just have to like take comfort in your big dick and you know accept your big dick as it is. And of course, there are spe actually special boxers that um, I own one. I wish this was an... Uh, I wish this was like a visual podcast, but there are these special boxers that allow you to tuck in your dick. It's like a pocket for the dick, for example. So when you wear your boxers, it allows you to tuck in your dick so that it goes in between your legs and back to the earth. So you look for me. You look for me on my inbox. I don't know. I got it from, I can promote Mara. I got it from Mara Menswear on Instagram. I get all my boxers from Mara's way, Mara Men's. Is it Mara Men's? Let me just check. Instagram. Mara, I'm giving you free promotion. You should give me some free boxers next time. Anywho's Mara. Yes, it's called Mara underscore menswear. Yeah. Uh there are not so many when I when I when I when I bought this one, but you can find these special boxers. So what it does is you tuck in your dick in the pocket. And when you tuck in your dick in the pocket, it doesn't really hang down. It literally goes behind your ass. So I think that would help with your dick, you know, lingering around and taking away from the illusion that you want to create as an unbinary folk or as a feminine presenting person. But even that notwithstanding, there's also tucking in your dick, which is a long process as well, but you can, you know, watch videos on how to tuck in your dick. You know, there's a way people tape it into the thighs or they tape it into the anus or at the back of the anus so that there's no print to be seen. You know, what, what drug queens do? But I feel the first thing is for you to deal with the acceptance of your, it's your dick, accept it the way it is. And then now, once you've dealt with you accepting you being, you know, male and having this big dick, then... You can work your way around how you can create the illusion without the obstruction of the big dick. I don't think I could have answered it any better than that. So, yeah. So, th thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this episode up to this point. I would like to stop there for this episode, and then we'll um, read the other questions in the next episode. So, bye.